welcome to the Your Home Podcast, brought to you by O'Brien Real Estate, where property advice is on the house. And welcome along to the Your Home Podcast, your monthly real estate industry check-in brought to you by O'Brien Real Estate where property advice is on the house. I am podcast producer Jane Neild, a little obsessed by real estate, and I am joined by Stavros Ambazidis, one of the three co-directors at O'Brien Real Estate. He owns a couple of offices. I'm not even sure what the count is at this stage. He's one of the best auctioneers in the state and dabbles a little in property investment himself. Full disclosure, he is also of Greek descent, so real estate is essentially part of his DNA. Welcome to the show, Stav. This is kind of a morphing of the Under the Hammer podcast that we started a couple of years ago in lockdown. And I'm so glad to be back in a podcast studio with you because I have so many questions, but you're going to introduce our guests as well. Welcome. Yes, thank you, Jane. And look, I'm I'm so excited. Back in the studio with you as well. So we did, uh, what, about 50 uh, episodes of Under the Hammer, but now this is a new era. It's a new time. And um, we've got a new podcast called Your Home. So thank you very much. And today, uh, our special guests uh, are my co directors and business partners in Darren Hutchins and Dean O'Brien. Welcome now, to the show, guys. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Stav, for having us all around. Yeah, thanks, Jane. Thanks, Stav. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be uh, – we're going to set the scene today, Jane, of, of what the year's going to look like in our podcast, and this is going to be a monthly podcast. What we really want to do is add value and benefit to a lot of our listeners, whether it's home buyers, first home buyers, sellers, you know, everyone that's got a million questions. Do I buy now? Do I sell later? You know, what do I do? So, and in this room today, between Dean and Darren, we have got a wealth of knowledge and information. So it's an open book, and we can throw it at them over, and ask over them. seventy years, Steph. <laughs> You're talking about your age? No, no, no. No, I'm not there yet. Combined experience. Combined experience. <laughs> so we can throw the book at them and ask them any question. Anything is on the table here today. So over to you, Jane. Well, look, I mean, I sort of think, and it's a Ted Lasso reference, but football is life. Well, real estate is life as well. And I don't know if you guys agree with me, but basically it doesn't matter who you are and what your income is or where you you know sit if you're renting, if you're buying a house, if you're paying a mortgage or perhaps even an investor building a portfolio, real estate affects all of our lives. And we all know that in the last, I'd say, four, five, six months or since those interest rates just kept climbing, things have changed a lot on the real estate front. So, Stav, can you sort of set the scene? I mean, do we need to panic? Do If I I quickly Googled real estate news and there was a lot of doom and gloom out there. Look, uh, real estate's an old profession. It's been going around for a long time. And every time the media says, you know, we need to panic, it usually does the opposite. When it says it's a buyer's market, it usually becomes the opposite very quickly. I think you need to read the room, observe what's going on, and whatever your situation, if you're buying and selling in the time frame, it doesn't really matter. Um, But uh, enough from me. I'd like to ask these gentlemen a couple of questions. And that is, you know, Dean, you've... Give us a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then uh, we'll ask some questions. Uh, Stav, again, thanks for having us on. Like, my background's pretty simple. I'm a country boy that uh, grew up in the northeast of Victoria and then journeyed down here to become a real estate agent. Uh, 
I've loved real estate. My family is involved in real estate. We did a lot of developments through Northeast Victoria and across that. So therefore, I was very fortunate to grow up in a family that was actively involved in real estate. And Jane, you just touched on a minute ago that very rarely do you go into a conversation um, these days, whether it be at a barbecue, at a dinner, where real estate's not mentioned. Now, with my brother, with my dad being a developer, my uncle being a developer, my brother-in-law being a real estate agent, and my cousin also a real estate agent, our household is full of information and very full of opinions at times around that real estate. So it's a great time for us. As you say, Stav, there's a lot of negative noise out there, we call that. Um, but what I'm seeing at the moment is it's not all doom and gloom, but it is a time to get very, very clear on what you want to do and surround yourselves by some industry experts. Yeah, great answer. I think that's spot on. And and what you need to do is not follow the media or listen to the uh, couch experts or the barbecue experts, but actually reach out to an industry expert and ask them what's really going on. Because we're the ones that are on the ground and our teams, we've got uh, 500 strong in our team uh, at O'Brien Real Estate and they actually give us the figures, the stats, so we can actually see what the trends are and what the market is actually doing and saying. Hachi. Yeah, so my background, Stav, I come from a racing background, so... Uh... SEN, we're in here doing the uh, the podcast, you know, predominantly racing and sports uh, backing. So uh, racing background, I had uh, my father's a trainer at the Men Hotel in Alex- Alexandra when I was you know, travelling all over the state. I was a steward with uh, Racing Victoria. Uh, I did a few different roles there and uh, uh, I got Dean in to do a, uh, an appraisal on my home in, in Berwick back in, oh, it would have been back in... 19, uh, sorry, 2002. Exactly, 2002. 2002, Yeah, 2002, and he came to do an appraisal on my home and uh, left about six hours later. He's a very good cleaner. He cleaned the fridge out that night. So uh, (laughs) he came back about a week later and... uh, and did the same thing again. He said, bugger it, I'm not selling your home. So that's where we we started. Uh, So he came for an appraisal and ended up recruiting. Well, yeah, it was interesting. We uh, we went at a game of golf about six months later, and uh, next minute I'm I'm doing a week's uh, experience with uh, Noel Jones back in the day, back in Berwick, and with Dean, and the rest's history. So yeah, twenty years this year, Steve. So in the real ultimate estate. lister. <laughs> yeah, well, he listed me. <laughs> he listed then. you. Yeah, and away we went. So. Could you guys have ever foreseen? I mean, no one could, but. Really, you've been in one of the most dynamic industries in the world during an unprecedented time during the COVID lockdowns. And even you mentioning, you know, Beric, like places that have changed just so incredibly in those 20 years, like it must have been a pretty incredible ride. Oh, it has been. And and look, you know, I was back in Beric yesterday. I, I had a couple of appointments in the afternoon and and just the the sheer scale of where Berwick's gone from mm. being this little country town when I first moved there back in, that would have been back in 2001. It's it's now a, a burgeoning metropolis, really. Mm. It's it's massive. And and the growth that's been through that whole southeast corridor is just unbelievable. So Greenfield's development back in the day, but now, like yeah. you say, a very, very busy part of uh, outer suburban well, Melbourne. Well, it used to take you from the centre of Berwick to go out down the south side and take you three or four minutes. Now it takes you 30 minutes to get to the other mm. side of Berwick. So it's, it's, uh, there's been so much growth, Berwick, Clyde, Clyde North, and, uh, and right down through that narry south uh, precinct. It's but, but it's moving massive. into Pakenham, Druin, Nanagoon, Officer. I think too, Stav, as the, we talk both on the southeast, but it's also the west and the north. But I'd have to say that, you know, been lucky enough, and I'm, I'm pretty passionate about Melbourne, 
And I think Melbourne looks its best at the moment. It's absolutely fantastic in the crowds. And as you drive around through the west, through the north, through the south, and even the southeast, et cetera, like you go down to Stav's hometown in the morning to Peninsula, what a wonderful place to live. So, again, it becomes a very high topic, that real estate. We've got absolute growth in Victoria. Have we, could we have foreseen what's happened over the last few years? No, I don't think anyone could have. Mm. But at, what I can say, it's been a fantastic ride. And it's an excellent opportunity, but I think Melbourne is the place to be at the same time. Can I ask a question? Segway, those uh, three corridors that you mentioned, you've got daughters, you've got young children, probably uh, going into adulthood soon, wanting to buy their first home. Where would you recommend your kids to buy? Oh, big well, it's question. A, it's actually a great question because I, I fundamentally mm. worry about that. I actually think the way that Melbourne's going and the price is going, it's actually going to break those family units because where I'm living at the moment, I love it, and it's in Bayside, but you, the challenge of getting into a first-home buyer in Bayside with three daughters, it, it, it really is going to break that mm. space because I grew up with my grandmother around the corner, um, you know, auntie around the other corner, and we had those families. But as my family grows, and I'm sure the unit grows, the expectation, the cost to move into that local space is going to be hard. So mm. the challenge of where I say they'd move, like everything, I'm pretty, pretty fundamental about real estate, wherever they can afford, wherever they want good schools around them, and really great uh, opportunities community Infrastructure. Yeah, because I think you talk about it, it's an old saying, you know, you can raise a child, but the village actually helps. And if they've got mm. great people, great community infrastructure around it, I think it's really important. And I, and I think... As we look forward and actually the change in real estate in areas, you can actually say good schooling and a good public schooling for the ones that can't afford the private schooling. I've noticed where I am now that Bo Morris has a fantastic secondary college. We can also see what Frankston's done with their secondary mm. college in the zoning, McKinnon, what they've done with theirs. And we now that's naturally extended into the Campbell market, to the Bournemouth markets, where those secondary colleges um, are taking precedent where people are living so they can get the kids into school. So I'd also, I would probably fundamentally tell people to look at what the education's mm. like so you can afford because these private schools, as much as I was lucky enough and you were lucky enough to go to that, it is after-tax dollars and getting very expensive that's actually putting pressure on the family unit. So that's what I'd say is have a look at what, what we can have in secondary, um, primary and tertiary education all within their needs to have a really good look around that because I think that would be an excellent place to raise a family. The, the other thing is infrastructure and transport. So, you know, probably the best bit of advice I was given when I first got into real estate was stick to the train line. Yeah. You know, if you can stick to the train line and find the affordability and the good schooling and the infrastructure, then find a place on that train line that offers affordability that, you know, people can afford. But I think the other thing, Dean, if you, you look at, you know, where the market's at at the moment, we touched on it just before. Uh, interesting last night, a broadcast came through a property in Berwick, five, five offers and five very good offers. So, you know, we're finding at the moment the shortage of, of properties, good properties coming to the market. There's still that activity bubbling away that people are trying to get in. I, I had one uh, for sale in Berwick uh, a couple of weeks ago, sold in five days, $1.2 million. Wow. And, you know, we had 54 groups of people throw it on its first Sunday open. So, you know, it just shows that there's still people in the market, whether they're aspirational buyers or whether they're buyers that are at a level where they can afford that. There's still buyers that are in the market looking actively. Now, I'm going to flip your question on its mm. head, though, because although I'm not in the industry, I talk to a lot of people as a podcast producer and someone who likes to chat. I'm actually hearing of that opposite where the parents are selling up and moving to where the kids can actually afford property. Are you guys sort of hearing of that where, you know, if, if mum and dad and maybe even grandma and grandpa have got property in suburbs that were back in the day outer that are now inner and high value properties, they're actually, you know, 
liquidating their cash flow and moving out to more affordable suburbs because they want to be where their kids and their grandkids are. They want to be around so, the corner like you grow so you're up. you're talking with. about parents that aren't Greek. Because <laughs> the yes. Greek one. So the question I asked Dean before was a loaded question. You know, where were your kids by? If he was Greek, he would have said, I'll buy them a house here. No, but no, very seriously, um, on a serious note, Jane, I look at the Chelsea market a fair bit. And Chelsea's made up of, call it Aspendale, Edithvale, Chelsea Heights, all the way down to Carrum, Seaford and so on. What we are seeing is people that are living in Bayside, not far from where, say, Dean is, their children can afford to buy in Chelsea. Soon, sooner rather than later, they're not, it's not too far away that they actually sell their property up in Bayside and they move closer. They may not move right into Chelsea or Carrum or Edithvale, but they might move into, say, an Aspendale, Parkdale mm. or Mordialic. So they're still quite close. And those distances are, are maybe 15, 20 minutes away. Uh, but we are seeing that. Now, on the other side of the sphere, when you're in Mornington, you're seeing a lot of the kids buying now in Somerville, Tyab and Hastings. Um, and there's beautiful pockets in those areas now. Um, and then the parents are selling up and buying substantial land, whether it's in Kinforms outside of Hastings or Bitten, and they're getting a little bit of acreage. So we are, we are literally seeing that more often than not. Um, but definitely, I liked... Uh, and I want to go back to what Dean and Darren were mentioning. They mentioned the word southeast and Berwick a lot. When you look at the um, the centre the, the centre of Melbourne these days, it's moved from being say in the CBD over to Chadston. It's actually moving further into that Berwick area. The Berwick area is becoming the centre of Melbourne, and not right in Berwick. Could be surrounding Berwick, but it is so true. You've got Haileybury Colleges moved there. They're, they're doing quite well. They're building huge hospitals out there. The infrastructure, the shopping centres, whether it's Narry South, you've got the freeway system. The East Link's not too far away. You've got the new freeway there, the Monash. Uh, it's all very, very relative and close. And that's why I think a lot of people are moving and choosing southeast over the north and the west. There's one thing Stav missed too. There's some, fa- and being the only one here that's over 50 at the moment, <laughs> there's some fantastic over 50s lifestyle living. There's, you know, over 55s, over 50s. Uh, and, and we're finding a lot of people are downsizing and moving into that that style of accommodation nowadays. So, and you know, even even I had a call the other day from an old client that said, "Look, I've moved to Nanagoon. All my family's back in Berwick. Can you come and have a chat to me about selling Nanagoon? Because I really need to get closer to hospitals, shops, and be back in Berwick." Mm. So there, there is an element of that, but there are you know some fantastic uh, lifestyle choices now for for people of Stab's age. <laughs> now I did, I did celebrate a 50th birthday since I saw you last, so thank happy you. Happy birthday, Stav. You wouldn't know. Not a day <laughs> over 49. Uh, you are listening to the Your Home Podcast. I'm producer Jane Neild and here with the three men behind O'Brien Real Estate, Stavros Ambazidis, Darren Hutchins and Dean O'Brien. Of course, O'Brien Real Estate, where property advice is on the house. Now, Stav, we are going to crunch a few numbers and look at a few stats yes. each month, but we're also going to have some great guests. So looking forward to them. Um, we have seen the market cool. I've had a bit of a look at CoreLogic's latest data that got dumped uh, for February. So can you give us just, you know, if someone's listening and going, come on, but I know the stats are saying things are going down. It's not always the case, is it? I know no, regional SA going really well at the moment. Tassie? Yeah, you've got to look at all the numbers. Now, at the moment, if you speak to realestate.com or domain.com, uh, we are 30% down approximately on stock on market. So if you're 30% down on stock, you're going to be 30% down on sales. Mm. Being 30% down on stock, though, has actually kept the prices slightly up. 
So I can give you an example um, last week in Langmoran. Now, auctions aren't synonymous with Langmoran, but there was a beautiful family home on half an acre. There were five families which had several children that all chose, they all chose their bedrooms, these children. So the property was quoted one to 1.1. It ended up going for 1.35. There were 61 bids in eight minutes. So if you've got the right property that ticks all the boxes, because remember the people that turn up to our open for inspections and our auctions, the reason they're there is because it ticks their boxes, whether it's their situation, their accommodation, their timing. Okay, so they're, they're, the, the, the location's another one. So it ticks their boxes. So if you've got the right property in a market, especially right now where stock is down, you will get a good price. But I must you know, really, you know, say this, if you're going to put your house on the market, you need to get a professional out there. That's why it's important to speak to O'Brien Real Estate because we'll give you guidance and expert advice on styling. Styling is, isn't a, th- you know, a thing that, a fad that came out. It is now part of your marketing. Uh, you need professional photography, whether it's dust photography. Uh, you need a floor plan, maybe a drone shot. You need all these things. So yes, the market is down in sales, but there's a lot of other factors involved there. It's not just uh, because um, things are slowing down. It's because there's less stock. I also have heard a rumour, let's just touch on the rental situation. I've heard a rumour that people are just pulling out all stops. You hear stories of people, even you know, a, a couple with double income over 200k a year combined, and they still can't get a rental because they might have a child or they might have a dog. Where are we at with the rental situation and how does that impact sales and investors? It's actually extraordinary. I've never seen this. Um, I heavily focus in the property management part of our organisation and to see the demand for rental is is unbelievable. Now, over the last six months, I've had ne- so many phone calls from family, friends, colleagues, etc., trying to help. Can you help me get into this? Like <laughs> a phone call yesterday, a very good wage earner, great income, family, but just getting caught in the um, missing out scenario. Like yeah. there's a lot of people that don't understand uh, what's happening with the tech on the background is the fact that when they put the application in and, and sometimes they'll show their income levels and if they're not true in effect and if it's more than 30% of their general income, they're automatically dismissed. Now that's what's happening at the moment. So a lot of people get disappointed. So they need to clearly understand what they can afford. That's through what we get. Now, doesn't mean they're automatically dismissed, but they're less popular than some others that are in there. And aspirational areas are going fantastic. I spoke about schools before. So people trying at certain times to get into areas so so they can get the kids into school. They've got to, they've got to be a little bit uh, strategic around that. Um, but yeah, how does it look for the future? You know, rental's gone up by 15, 20, 30% in some areas over the last 12 months. And that's extraordinary for us. It means investors are getting a return, which is great because obviously with the way interest rates are going, but the lack of opportunity for rent has never been like this. And it's across Melbourne everywhere. Everyone you reach out and go, basically, we could have 50 applications on a property and they haven't even seen it because they just want to get an application in so they get pre-approved, so if they can go and see it and tick it off. And it's tragic because um, everyone's entitled to have a home but it's just not like that at the moment. And then we talk about, we do see on TV how we've got all these people homeless, et cetera, like mm. that. Um, I feel it's, it's part of being a great Australian dream to have a home, whether you own it or, 
or even have that. It's your place. It's somewhere you can take your family and kids, but it's very tough. And I can't see it changing. There's just not enough houses on the market to accommodate the inquiry at the moment. What's actually causing it, Dean? I mean, this is a question to both of you, but what's actually causing it? I know we've got compliance that's changed in Victoria. We've got 132 new reforms and we've got interest rates that have gone up and landlords can't keep their properties. What what are the reasons? I think we've had the perfect storm, Steph. If you sit back and look at it, A, we had compliance changes. There are a lot of of landlords, landlords back then, now rental providers sitting back saying, well, Gee, I tell you what, if I'm going to go and spend twenty or twenty-five thousand to fix this property up to bring it up to a to a certain living standard, well, the market's great, prices are high, let's get rid of it. So then you've got the first-time owners buying those. Okay, there weren't as many investors back in the marketplace, so we we automatically lost, call it ten, fifteen percent of the rental market through people that were saying, well, I'm not going to comply. I'm better off just get, getting rid of it or going and buying a new property. We had low rates. Now we've got the other side. We've got rates on the up. We're getting phone calls every day from rental providers saying, "We need to jack rates. We need to jack rates." Uh, you know our uh, rental, our rental. Sorry, mm. because at the end of the day, we can't afford it. We can't afford to keep it. So there's been this perfect storm bubbling away. Low rates. Then we've had, you know, compliance uh, coming filtering through, and and we had high property prices. So there's just not as many properties in the market as what there was. I can actually speak of that personal experience, what Darren just touched on there, is because I do have two properties in Pakenham that uh, traditionally I will develop those properties and they've been land banked for a period of time. Now, with the new changes, with the Residential Tenancy Act, um, what's come in for me to do that, the cost of doing that, I'm actually just knocking them down for that reason in particular because I just don't want to spend the money. So, therefore, there's two properties. So, when they come up to lease renewal, which is obviously this month because we need to have all the safety checks done and compliant by the end of March. So, unfortunately, I've had to give notice to my tenants because I'm not willing to do that because of the cost against that return. So, I'm actually knocking them down. On top of that, we've also had the highest price gain for a long period of time due to COVID. And if we actually look at the average age of a um, landlord or rental provider, they call these days, it's been a great time for them to cash in and take advantage of a high market. So they have actually been selling. So therefore, they've been selling out, cashing in, which I think is fantastic if you're in retirement age or nearing retirement age or even reducing your debt on your on your established or your principal place of residency. I think that's great. So when Darren talked about a perfect storm, he's absolutely right. And then the lack of incentive uh, to get investors back into the marketplace. So no government support, lack of incentive, high price. And then again, the RTA. Now, I'm not against the Residential Tenancy Act changes. It actually does. It did need a change. So I'm all for what they've done. And I think if a tenant, you need a safe place. But so much so soon, um, followed up by the cost is that you're just taking properties off the market. You've got high prices where people cashed in. And then the unfortunate thing is now with financial pressure at home, there's been a lot of family disruption. And with that is relying on two adults actually renting in a space as well. So it is, I think it's been the perfect storm and it's, um, and that's what's going to make it hard. And I really don't see a clear end in sight, to be honest with you. It's just, it's a terrible place if you are looking to rent at the moment. So get close to your agent and build a great relationship. And the other thing is, if you re- read the paper last week, there were 10,000 less builds in Victoria mm. last year. Mm. I heard of uh, developers who had signed contracts, and this is going back maybe eight months or so, who were literally offering cash payouts to say, you signed up to build your house with us. Here's 20 grand not to go ahead. Can't get trades, materials through the roof. Are you guys hearing that sort of thing? I had a conversation just prior to Christmas with the director of a major builder. Mm. Uh, 
I won't mention the name, but they they said luckily they're in a position to make those payouts. Otherwise, they would have gone under. Ooh, which we have seen over mm. the last year or two, haven't we? And we'll see a lot more of that. One thing I want to talk about with rentals uh, down in my territory, the Mornington Peninsula, a year ago, there was 2,754 holiday rentals on the peninsula. Today, there's 4,797. The old Airbnb chestnut. (laughs) But 2,000 of those are unregistered with council. So Ah. people are just putting, they're they're actually, uh, the long-term tenants are moving out, or renters, I should say, are moving out, and the owners down there are putting them on holiday rentals. So that's 4,797 homes on the peninsula are now holiday rentals. Mm, actually, I Imagine had, getting those back into the permanent rental. Yeah, and this is the thing I think. I've had a friend who sold a property just out of Byron Bay by auction on Saturday. You know, they were hoping to see the dollar signs, bought during COVID, put 200K into a renovation. Mm. But there is a chance that the Shire of Byron Bay is going to change the Airbnb They're laws. Their best offer and buyer was someone who was going to turn it straight away, buy mm. all the furniture, everything, into an Airbnb. But of course, that buyer... If things change, yeah, that's not a good it. investment. So are people a bit nervous about that or is it just let's just go into well, Airbnb and those type short Well, they stays? are a little bit nervous, but the reason people are moving their properties from permanent rental to Airbnb, they don't fall under the same Residential Tenancy Act. Uh, so you don't have the same compliance. So, so there's a lot of – you could have actually rented your property in Packenham to Air. To hold. It's a lovely place, Packenham, but I'm not sure Airbnb is. What's the beach like there? No, I think we'll stick with the Mornington Peninsula on that. But you're absolutely right. It doesn't fall under the Residential Tenancy Act. You've actually, what you spoke about before, uh, Jane, is clear. I mean, they've proven places like New York where they have limited ability yeah. to do Airbnb. Um, it has changed and for the lack of um, rental opportunities. So I can see clearly that certain areas are going to bring that in because you look at the peninsula, you take that many rental places off the market in such a small area, it's very hard to accommodate people for, for jobs, et cetera, around that. So it's um, it's an extraordinary place. So it's fantastic. Well, so you- and I'm hearing in, in the Byron area, that restaurateurs, cafe owners, they have to actually rent a house for their staff to live in because they can no longer afford to, to live within yeah. driving distance. So they've got these beautiful businesses and no one to actually pull a coffee well, or a beer. <laughs> that, that's an interesting conversation because I, I've actually had a couple of clients that have been looking for properties for people that they're moving in from from overseas to work. Yes. So yes. they can't get welders, they can't get uh, tradespeople, and they're actually importing them in and then having to find a rental property to put them in. So, mm. you know, it's another strain that's added on back onto the uh, rental market. Hutch, I've got a question for you. I'm a young person looking uh, at getting into my first rental property. How do I get myself in the best position to actually get a rental property? What do I need to do? Uh, savings, money in the bank, good income, and good references. Basically, good references. And as Dean said, it probably helps if you know someone uh, because you are competing with people that have got, you know, long-standing, um, long-standing backgrounds. Uh, I think, you know, as I say, if you've got money in the bank, you can offer a little bit more upfront, maybe three months, six months. The security of, of income and everything else certainly helps. Uh but very firm application, strong application with, with good reference checks. You know, and, and look, it is hard because I, I've rented a property myself for the first time and I had no references. So, you know, I was lucky that I was able to convince someone within the Abraham organisation to rent me one. 
Mm. Well, I had a friend whose son moved out from country Victoria into a rental house with two other students to start uni this mm. week. I was like, how on earth did they get a rental in Preston? But there's obviously some great agents and landlords who are still willing to take a punt on younger tenants. Well, it's exactly what's happened to me. A lot of it, because I'm born and bred in Alexandra, the local community up there with the kids that are coming into town now to get to university or to start their employment, et cetera, like that outside of the town, that's where my phone calls are coming, country yeah. Victorian people. And they don't understand. They actually don't understand the complexity of it. And these are great families. These are families that I grew up with uh, getting into, the, you know, trying to get in the rental market. It's been extraordinary. I will add on Darren, he said, great that, but present themselves very well on the day. Spot because on. that first impression is one important thing because the property managers don't like to create work. So by putting a, a poor tenant in and they'll, they'll build a rapport whether they like it or not. So make sure that when they're turning up to the inspection that they present themselves in the best manner. Cause and it's you're on time. <laughs> and you're on time because it, it's like a job interview at the moment. You yes. need to be very best on ground to get the opportunity. And our property managers will form an opinion, right or wrong, but it's just it's the way it is. It used to be our saying, though, Dean, put the best possible application you can into a property because at the end of the day, you've got to get them out. If they're a bad application or a bad tenant, you've got to get them out. It's not easy. Mm. Stav, we're almost out of time. Have you got any uh, final thoughts? Well, uh, we're going to go through some stats, but I'll pass it on to Hutch for this week. Usually it's uh, my tradition, but Hutch, I'll give you the stats so real estate chat with Stav, but it's Hutch. <laughs> with Stav and Hutch. Uh, yeah, it was it was still a pretty big week, Stav. So 1,278 sales in Victoria, 5,499 sales across the country. So we're realistically back to 2019, 2020 numbers. Uh, the interesting thing is the clearance rate, you know, is, is always a good one to gauge. And I'm probably a little bit different in that I don't look at a clearance rate being a Saturday night's clearance because you've got properties that are passed in that will sell still under auction conditions up until the Wednesday. So I, I look at a 60% clearance rate in Victoria. It's probably more 75 to 80% realistically if you look and factor in those ones that are passed in and being negotiated out. But look, I love auction. I think the auction process is the most transparent process. If, if you look at it and say, I'll tell you what, Jane, we, we're going to put your house on and we're going to have a 60% chance or say by the Wednesday after a 70, 75% chance of having a sold sticker sold unconditionally, I don't think there's any better way of selling your home. And and I look at it and say it's 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 an element of security that if you price it right, you advertise it properly, you stage it properly and uh, and really go after it, that to have that unconditional sale within 30 days and have a 60 to 75% chance is a pretty good stat in, call, a, in a tough marketplace. Yeah. CoreLogic, uh, the latest uh, dump of data from February saying at the national level, properties are taking longer to sell, which you've mentioned. In the three months to January, the median days on market was 37 days, up from a low of 20 days in the three months to November 2021. But 37 days is still, that's not a long time, really. Do you think? Pretty good. It's not, <laughs> but I think we've been educated to yeah. a really strong market where we're selling them in, in I sold in, mine in, in Ballarat in six time. days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember in the mid '90s it used to take us 120 to 180 yeah. days. So, there you go. Thank you so much, Joan. 
Welcome Thank back. You. Oh, it's been wonderful to uh, jump in there. Look, and the background for you guys, if you haven't listened to you know our 50 episodes of Under the Hammer, it was because of Stav that I actually decided to get out of a rental in Melbourne, sell a house in Ballarat and buy a, another property just out of Ballarat, a bit closer to Melbourne. Oh, wow. I get my new roof next week, Stav. <laughs> so the uh, two years on and I'm finally doing the big reno, but that was a long wait because of trades and wow, the price has gone up on yeah. the, uh, quote, substantially but things are moving forward. So it's uh, it's all about the lifestyle really, isn't it? And I've certainly enjoyed that move. Uh, Thank you for being with us on the Your Home podcast. Thanks to O'Brien Real Estate, where property advice is on the house. And thank you to Dean O'Brien and to Darren Hutchins and Stavros Ambazidis. If you'd like to send us a question, perhaps there's a little issue in real estate that you would love to hear us tease out on the show in the coming months, you can email us, podcast at sen.com.au. Guys, are you okay if I put your details, your O'Brien website contact into the show notes in case people want to hit you up and go... Uh, I've got a kid moving from the country. I need a rental. <laughs> well, it's like everything. You know, country kids are good kids. So we're certainly out there helping all those country people moving into town. So no problem at all. Fantastic. Thanks for being with us. You'll find all of the details in the show notes to this episode. And we will talk to you in a month's time. Thanks for listening to the Your Home Podcast, brought to you by O'Brien Real Estate, where property advice is on the house.